You know, call making for me has always been about the ducks. <laughs> now, it's about the ducks, honker specs, and our culture. To me, the culture of waterfowl hunting is about our shared values, respect, beliefs, traditions, knowledge, and it's that underlying sense of connection that all waterfowlers share. This is the Ducklander Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Bobby Hayes. I own the Ducklander Call Company, and this is episode two of the Ducklander Podcast. In keeping with form with the first podcast, this is going to be kind of centered around new hunters, sort of. I'm going to do an equipment list, and this is gear that I use and I would recommend. That's why I'm telling you about it. Now, before we get into that, I'm going to start this off with the preface, and that is... I work with two brands, so everything else that I'm going to tell you about on this list is product I buy. I buy it just like you do. So I'll tell you the two brands, that way we're on an even playing field when we when we get into this list. So I work with Maven Optics. They're out of Lander, Wyoming. Absolutely fantastic guys. They make a great optic. I've known them for quite a while now, but I use their glass. I don't use any other glass, and I work with Lucky Duck Decoys. Like I said, I've known the guys that own that known the guys that work there for a very long time they're wonderful people and i love their products so that is the two things i don't know how you want to say it affiliated with work with support but that is the only two things that like you'll never see other glass in any content from me and you'll never see other uh, motion decoys so however you want to say that uh i don't really have any i don't really contract don't have anything like that they're just buddies so I would say I just know the Lucky Duck guys and I know the Maven guys. So whatever that is, I support them. But the rest of the stuff, the guns, the ammo, the clothing, the waiters, that's just all stuff I buy just like you do. So I i kind of like to keep it that way. That way when I'm recommending gear, it's as honest as I can make it. So how this is going to go, I'm going to do a breakdown of some different categories so I made me a list on the screen on the laptop mostly did that so I could kind of keep everything together and I'm gonna tell you what I use I'm gonna tell you why I use it and then I'm gonna take it off of if you're a new hunter where is a good place in my opinion to spend money and where is a good place to conserve money when you're first buying equipment and man if you're a new hunter that can be really tough because there's a pile of equipment you can buy now you know, 20 years ago or whatever, when I was 18, 25 years ago, jeez, uh, equipment was fairly limited. Layout blinds were kind of just coming out, or I was just finding out about them. Really nice-looking decoys were kind of a new thing, and there's just so much has come out in the last 20 years that, man, you can get overwhelmed quick, and it's hard to tell what you need and what you don't. So my best advice, if you're new to the sport of waterfowl hunting, slow down. Learn how to hunt. Like I said in the first podcast, there is no equipment that makes up for for woodsmanship skills or hunting skills or however you want to say it. There's no equipment that makes up for that. So slow down, learn how to hunt, learn what equipment makes your hunt better, and learn what equipment is just makes you more comfortable. Because you can always you can always grow the comfort list. You need the the killer side of the equipment. So, I am going to start this out with shotguns, and I'm sure I'm going to get hate on this shotgun deal. But this is what I've used, it's 
what I've seen used. I hunt a hell of a lot, and I've been around a lot of shotguns. So this is what I've seen used over the years and what tends to work the best from what I've seen, what I've used. So I am 45, be 46 this year. I started actively, purposelessly chasing waterfowl when I was 18. I kind of gave up other hunting and went to waterfowl. And so I would say since I was probably 19, I have shot Benelli shotguns for most of that time. They have worked the best for me. I've had some other shotguns mixed in that list, but I've always gone back to to a Benelli. And I know, like I said, I'll get some hate on this one. That's all right. So remember, this is all opinion. And just because it works for me, it may not work for you. That's, that's part of this. We're all going to do this a little different. But so Benelli shotguns have been my go-to. I've had a Super Black Eagle, the original, the HK model. That's the first one I had. I've had an SVE-2. I've had an SB3, still have that. I still have, well, I still have all of them, but I shoot an SB3 now, and I've had an M2. So the two SBE1 and 2s were both 12s, and then when I went to a 20 gauge, 6, 7 ish years ago, I have to look on social now, maybe longer. Uh, first M2 was a 20, and then the uh, SB3 I have right now is a 20 gauge. I haven't shot a 12 gauge for a long time. So, why do I shoot that gun? One, I am not a cleaner of shotguns, so the inertia system works better for me than the gas. Uh, truth is, I usually, at best, will give them uh, a mediocre cleaning sometime in the summer. I also shoot, I shoot the gun a lot, I shoot trap behind the house, but they get a mediocre cleaning sometime in the summer, and they go straight from lead, trap rounds, to steel shot over the winter, so I don't do a lot of maintenancing, so... I've never had a lot of luck with the gas system and being dirty. So for me, that system works better inside the gun. And the other reason I prefer that shotgun is Benelli's are a more, they're a more slim-lined gun, and I am not a super big guy, so those guns just fit me better versus something like a Beretta A400. So that is the gun that I have, I have stuck with the most over the years. I doubt... I would switch anytime soon. I, I have zero performance issues for those guns. So, like I said, currently I'm shooting an SV3. Before that, it was an M2. My daughter took my M2. It's the one she learned to shoot with behind the shop, so she did not want a new one, so I gave her my old M2. She now shoots my, she now shoots that, and I shoot the SV3. So, if you're a new waterfowler, I think a gun is a fantastic place to put your money. It's vital for hunting. If you get one that doesn't work, man, it makes the day tough, right? Because you're going to miss opportunities if that gun's jamming or won't go off or whatever. So I think a gun is a great place to put your money, especially it's a, it's a one-time purchase. It's not like you have to buy a new shotgun every year. So my recommendation, and I give the same recommendation in calling class, is if you're going to spend the money, any of the Benelli platforms are great. So that would be SBE, M2s, uh, Cordobas. I know there's a bunch of them. I don't know all of them. I don't mess with them that much. But the only one I don't know about is the Vinci. I have no experience with that, so I wouldn't recommend it. I don't know if it's good or bad. I've just never messed with it. I've shot one twice. So the other shotgun that I think is absolutely stellar would be a Beretta A400. 
Um, if I was going to own a Beretta, that would be the only platform from them I would shoot, and the autoloaders would be the A400. But both of those shotguns are top-notch, so that kind of comes down to gun fit, in my opinion, and whether you like gas or inertia. I don't think you can go wrong either way most of the time on that. If I didn't have the money, if I was a new waterfowler and I didn't have the money to spend on either of those shotguns, I would look for a good used shotgun, and that used shotgun would be a Beretta 390. That was an absolutely wonderful platform. I shot that for a couple of years when I was in my, my 20s. The only reason I switched was it just didn't fit, but absolutely stellar shotgun. Um, the other good semi-auto is the Beretta Pintail. Um, I think, I'm trying to remember, because, man, that's been a while ago. I, didn't, I know they don't make that anymore, but I think that was the Beretta with an inertia system in it, but I'm sure somebody will write and correct me. And it may have been, it might have been a gas system. It just had the rotating lug on the front, but I just remember those guns were super workhorses. So that is another good gun to find used. Old M1s are fantastic. If you can find an old Super Black Eagle for a good price, great gun. If I couldn't afford either of those, or I couldn't find that, or I had less money, however you want to say it, I would buy an old pump shotgun before I bought a lesser new autoloader. I think you would find it's more reliable. So again, this is just what I've seen, and I'm sure there's going to be a pile of people that say, hey man, I got this, and things fantastic and flawless. Right on. I hope it works amazing for you. This is just my experience. So a good used pump shotgun, man, you can pick an old 870 Express up for very little money. Not quite as nice a gun as the 870 Wingmaster, but that Express is a 3-inch, that Wingmaster Magna, or that Wingmaster is a 2 and 3 quarter. Now, I don't necessarily care about 2 and 3 quarter or 3-inch, because you're not going to kill anything more one way or the other. Uh, 2 and 3 quarter inch shells could just be a little trickier to find, uh, especially with options. So... Keep that in mind when you're buying a used gun. But old Ithaca Model 37, fantastic shotgun, super reliable, but you got the two and three quarter inch problem again. Yeah, or I should say inconvenience, that would be a better way to, to say that. It's not really a problem, it just can be harder to find the shells. The other one that's a great old pump is a Browning BPS. Workhorse of a gun, flawless, you can beat the hell out of that gun, it'll keep going. So that would be my shotgun recommendations. But I would say if you're looking for places to put the most amount of money when you're new at this, shotgun is on the top of the list. And then we could get into shot shells. And my gosh, shot shells have come so far in the last 20 years. When I was young, 18, 19, 20, shot, steel shot was crap. Um, it, was, it was just not good. But it is so much better now. To be honest, I don't know if you can buy a bad steel load from a from a name brand. They're they're all pretty amazing. So I have a few favorite steel loads, and I know not everybody will agree with this because man, it's just that is such a preference. But I'm gonna kinda go over two like how do you say a, a load is good or bad, or shell is good or bad? So I'll give you my definition of that in a second. I like uh, the Federal Black Clouds, so now I'm talking 20-gauge ammo. Never shot a Black Cloud in a 12. I like Federal Black Clouds, great shell. I shot Apex Steel the last two seasons. Say season and a half, I had a little Fiochi mixed in there. That was during the crisis when you couldn't get anything. 
but uh, this year I shot pretty much exclusively Apex Steel. Not for any particular reason other than when I went to buy steel in the summer, that is what Rogers had, and I'm glad they did. It's a great steel load. I know a few of the guys that work there. I don't know them super well, but I know them pretty good, and they're wonderful people. I love their branding. I think what they're doing on their branding side is great for the culture of our sport, so I like I like helping them. That's why you'll see me push a little apex here and there. Like I said, it has nothing to do with an affiliate or anything. I just think what they're doing is fantastic, so I don't mind promoting that brand. But they did flawless. They pattern well. So I would tell you this. Whatever shell you decide to shoot, you need to pattern your gun because shotguns are kind of... They can be finicky with shot shells, even if it's a $2,000 gun. It doesn't mean that every shell brand will pattern as good out of your gun as every other shell brand. So a lot of times your shotgun may pick the shell for you. My uh, my little M2 20 gauge that I shot for so long, that thing loved black clouds. It always threw amazing patterns with black clouds. Now you can tweak that with choke tubes and all, but that gun loved black clouds. Um this little SB3 that I got, it loves the Fiocchi steel, and it loves Apex steel. So I haven't shot any black clouds out of it, so I can't reference it because I'm not, well, I'm not paying that much for them, uh, what the current price is on them. So I have no experience with those out of it. I can just tell you that on the M2. But your shotgun's pretty much going to pick your steel load. So I would encourage you getting different steel loads, though, in a pattern, and seeing what, uh, seeing what your gun likes the best. Make sure they run in the gun. I've seen guns over the years that like this brand of shell and don't like this brand of shell for whatever reason. I've never personally owned one that's like that. Mine chew up about anything. So what I'm what I'm getting at is I wouldn't get too carried away as the new waterfowler on a brand of shell or the brand of say the makeup of the shot that's in the shell. I'm I'm sure that the the newer shots, the bismuths and all that are, are better. But I don't know if they're going to better your hunting when you're new at this. You really need to focus on learning your craft and getting the birds to finish. And if the birds finished, it doesn't matter what you're shooting with. If it's inside 25 yards, it's going to be dead. It doesn't matter the shell, and it doesn't matter the choke tube or the gauge. So that's really where you need to focus your time on, not on getting a shot that kills them at 60 yards. That's kind of the opposite of what you're trying to do. So, like I said, get shells, pattern them, see what works for you. See what you like, see what your gun likes. And then that would roll us right along into choke tubes. So I get asked this a lot in calling classes. Do I need an aftermarket choke tube? Is it better? And that's a hard one because the answer to this can go both ways. Yes and no. This, dep- excuse me, this depends on your shotgun. So you need to throw a pattern and you need to figure out what pattern works for you. So I've shot a shotgun a lot. I used to shoot competitive trap, so I, I don't have, I'm trying to say this without being big-headed, I don't have a hard time hitting a duck or a goose, so I like the pattern to be tight. So at 25 yards, hopefully this is a good reference, shoulder width is a good, because a mallard duck is about the width of your shoulders from head to tail. So if that pattern is that size at 25 yards, that is a dead duck. At 40 yards, that's still going to be pretty full. But from 25 and in, that's a really good size. I don't like this. This is too tight. 
that gets to be where it's hard, and it also gets to be where you take chunks out of them. But yeah, about that big at 25, so my personal preference on this whole choke tube deal is I don't care what choke tube makes that happen. I don't care if it's an improved cylinder. I don't care if it's an extra full crazy aftermarket tube. It makes zero difference to me. As long as it's that size and we're evenly distributed inside the, the circle, I don't care what it is. I can tell you I've got one gun, that, that older Super Black Eagle that I use. It absolutely loves uh, foils as choke tube. I've got my SBE2. It absolutely loves the Kicks choke tube. That's an extra full. But it still makes a pattern that size, both of them. My M2 loves the Carlson's Cremator in mid-range, whatever that is. Same size pattern. And then my SB3 that I shoot now, uh, it seems to prefer the factory modified tube that's extended. They give you with the gun now. They're black. I don't know what they are. Like I said, it just says modified. It's extended from the factory. Throws an amazing pattern with that. So that's the, that's the only choke tube that's been in that gun for the, since I bought it. So do you need one? Yeah, yes and no. What you really need to do is pattern a shotgun and see what what you have if it's working. And if there's something that needs to be better, then you can go to other choke tubes and see see if you can fix that. Um, so that's kind of a eh. And, you know, whatever is confidence, too. Because you've got to have a lot of, a lot of shooting is just confidence. Knowing you're going to hit the target, knowing it's going to kill it, and all that good stuff. So... If a choke tube gives you some more confidence, it might be worth the money. So, that, oh, we, we should probably go over 12 gauge and 20 gauge as well. So, for any of you that follow me on Instagram, you know, I do post about the 20 gauge. I don't particularly do that as a way to say, hey, let's make the game harder. That's not the point of it. What I like about the 20 gauge is the size of the guns. So I'm five foot seven, five foot eight, and I weigh 185, 190 pounds. So I'm kind of short, I'm kind of stocky. I'm not fat, I'm just kind of stocky. I've done construction most of my life until duck calls. So a smaller gun fits me better than a larger frame gun. So the 20s are a little smaller, so I prefer them. I think for me, they have some advantages. They don't kick much. They're light to swing, they're really easy to handle, and I just fit that gun well. So I wouldn't be as concerned with 20-gauge and 12-gauge from a from a shot shell perspective. I would be looking at it more as gun fit. And, man, this really, this really sticks out for any of the ladies that are hunting. You watch a girl, she's 5'3", and she's just getting beat to heck by that 12-gauge. Somebody has told her that you have to have a 12-gauge to kill a duck. Well, it's just not true. Uh, we shoot a, a most most everybody I hunt with shoots a twenty gauge anymore for about the same reasons I do. Now I got a few taller guys I hunt with; they just it doesn't fit them. They don't shoot it as well, so they still shoot a twelve. Like I said, it has nothing to do with the gauge itself; it's just the guns. So I would pick the gauge based on what fits me versus if we got enough juice to kill a duck with a twelve or a twenty. Because the truth is. There's not very many pellets difference between a 12-gauge and a 20-gauge. And the pellets are going the same. They have the same energy. So the duck doesn't know whether it got shot or the honker with a yellow shell or a red shell. It just has no idea. 
same energy. You just got a few less pellets in that 20. So inherently, if you're going to shoot a 20, you kind of keep that pattern tight because you're trying to keep as many BBs as you can because you're lacking a few. So that can be harder for some people. But I would go off of gun fit before I went off of anything else on that. So if you've got a 20 and the 20 feels better, I'd roll with it. If you've got a 12 and the bigger gun feels better, then I'd roll with that. I wouldn't worry about that either way. Uh, you never, ever, ever need to shoot a three and a half inch shell. So we're talking 12 gauge now. I promise. I know zero killers in my life that shoot three and a half inch shells. They just don't perform as well as a three inch shell, and they don't really offer any any additional benefit in my mind. It's not a lot different between going, you could think of it this way, you have a few pellets difference between a 20 and 12, and you have a few pellets difference between a, a three and a half and a three. It's just not enough to affect it. The only thing it really does is it spends your money on a three and a half because there's so much more, and it beats the hell out of your shoulder. I promise you it will make zero difference on killing something. So I would stick to three inch in the 12s, and of course three inch on the 20s, but that's, that's my take on that first uh, little run on shotguns and shot shells there. I would probably just talk about shot size too. But I just, I don't like the beating that a three and a half inch makes even in the gas gun. So we could also talk shot size. Like I said, this is a long, we'll probably have to do this podcast two different times because, man, you could talk forever about this. And this is usually what ends up happening in calling class because it's a lot of information. So it's overwhelming to a lot of new hunters. So back to shot size. You can kind of think in steel shot that a two is just universal. It kills ducks and it kills honkers, little geese, specks, snows, whatever. A two is just pretty universal. It's not as good as a four, and it's not as good as a one. A one is my favorite pellet size for just big honkers, and a four is my favorite steel shot size for just ducks. So a two just kind of falls in the middle of that. Like, it's not amazing, but it does the job both ways. So by default, if you can't find anything else or you just don't know what to shoot to start with, a number two is a good way to go. Um, The truth is, as I see it, if you're inside 25 yards, and this doesn't matter or a honker or a duck, if you're 25 yards and in, it makes zero difference what birds are shooting with what shot. Honkers die amazing with four steel at 20 yards. Um, ducks die amazing with number one steel. Inside. It just doesn't matter that much. Once you start pushing those parameters, that's when bigger shot in steel makes a difference. So if you're finishing birds, I, I just could care less what you're shooting because you're going to kill them. So, but by default, a good place to start is number two steel. With the ammo shortage, I've shot number two. I had one box of fours, or one case of fours last year. It's the first case I've had in a couple of years. And like I said, I prefer them on ducks. You just got a lot more BBs in the pattern at 20 yards. But all said and done, the two works just as good. So I'm going to touch on decoys, and then we'll have to pick this up on next week's podcast. But decoys are another another place where you can spend a lot of money if you want to. Do you have to spend a lot of money on decoys to kill something? I'm going to say this. So I would consider myself a veteran hunter. I like 
good decoys. I like very durable decoys. I like to look at a nice decoy when I hunt. Does it help me kill more birds? Yeah, maybe. I can't say it does, and I can't say it doesn't. So when a new hunter asks me, what is the best decoy to buy? I would say that depends on your budget and quantity and are you going for durable? Do you mind replacing these in a little while? Like what's what situation do you have going? There's a lot of good there's a lot of good budget decoys and there's a lot of good top tier decoys. But on a decoy you're definitely gonna get what you pay for and that is typically in durability. So and you gotta remember these guys can only put so much money into something when the price point goes down. I mean, it's the same way on calls. I can't put the same love in a molded call that I can in an acrylic call. It's just not enough money there to do it, so you try to do them as best you can for the for the price point. So, good price point decoy right now. FA's making a good one. Um, great price point decoy. I don't know. I don't know if Flambo is still around or not. I'm not sure. I don't keep up with that. Uh, I think Tangle Free is also making a good. They make some good stuff as well, but I think Tangle Free might also have a good price point decoy, and I'm not sure about Avery, but you can always find a good price point decoy. But mostly what I'm getting at with that is I wouldn't feel disadvantaged hunting over a decoy that is in the mid-level versus the upper level. It's it's probably not going to change how many ducks you kill at the end of the year. I would say the, the really nice carvings and the paint are more for the hunters than they are for the ducks. Now, I use really nice decoys. I like really nice decoys, but I like looking at them. I've hunted over not nice decoys for a lot of my waterfowl days. So as I've gotten older and I can afford the nicer decoys, I like having them. I just enjoy it. So I ran this last season, I ran Dakota Ducks, Dakota Honkers. I ran pretty much a whole Dakota spread. I am not really affiliated with him. I've known the guy that owns that for a very long time. I like him a lot. Super fun guy. But I will say this. I think they probably make one of the most durable decoys on the market today. Uh, the only thing I did switch up this year is Bill talked me into running his flock ducks. I'm a huge proponent for flocking on, on honkers, especially field honkers, right? But... I like flock duck heads. I've never seen much of a point on flock ducks. I mean, you look at them and they're pretty, but where I did find, I think they do have an advantage is on cloudy days. If you have a fully flocked decoy, a floater, a duck, and you get that decoy wet when it's cloudy, so I purposely dunk them under the water when we, when we set them when it's cloudy, man, do they look amazing. But I think that shine evens out uh, on the water, but like I said, when it's cloudy. So I think there may be some advantage to the flocking. Does the new hunter need it? Eh, probably not. But if you're looking for the best, I think flocking is is a pretty good thing. But so you know, you can buy used decoys too. There's nothing wrong with that. You can always upgrade. But so I would go with a good mid-level decoy if I was a new hunter, and I would worry about upgrading later after I learned what I like. Because I know that sounds silly, but you got to remember, on a decoy, you have the style. So you have all the different poses from all the different companies. You have skimmers, you have uprights, you have all that good stuff. Then you have the weight, weighted keel, 
how heavy are the decoys. Some don't have kills anymore. Foam-filled, non-foam-filled. So a lot of this depends on where you hunt. So if I was new, I would be trying different decoys out and to see what I like. It's the same thing I've done over the years. I've hunted with so many different types. I kind of know what I want to hunt with. So as a new hunter, I think I would try them out and see what I like before I invested a pile of money. But we are going to pick this up next week. We're going to have more decoy discussion, and we're going to move into decoys, goose decoys, what a good starter spread is, and clothing, and then the big one besides decoys is blinds. So that would be A-frame, layout blinds, how to use them, what, when to use them. If you're new at this, like what's what's the probably the most useful design out of those two? What do you need to get by with? What will help you hunt? So I will see you all next week. Have a good one.